The text for our meditation this morning on this Pentecost Sunday and Confirmation Day, the introit that we sang a few minutes ago, selected portions of Psalm 68, especially these words. The Spirit of the Lord fills the world, hallelujah. The righteous shall be glad. God shall arise. His enemies shall be scattered. So far, text, please be seated. Members of Good Shepherd, family and friends that are here either in person or on YouTube or on the radio on this festive day when we celebrate not only Pentecost, but also Confirmation Day for our 11 junior confirmads, and especially to you, the 11 who have been through the most unusual, um, strange, peculiar confirmation year that I have had in 30 plus years of being a pastor. Grace and peace. Love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. Amen. You know, it's kind of a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod tradition, goes way, 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 way back, that Confirmation Day is Palm Sunday. I was confirmed on a Palm Sunday. Many of you were confirmed on a Palm Sunday. That's just kind of the way it is in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Only problem is when that happens, you really don't get a chance to celebrate Palm Sunday. So some churches, a small minority, maybe 5 to 10%, said, we need a little more time to teach the kids. And sometimes Palm Sunday comes really early. So we're going to have confirmation on Pentecost. And so there is a small group of churches in the Missouri Synod that always have confirmation on Pentecost. And it makes a lot of sense. The miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit that we remember and celebrate on Pentecost the gifts of the Spirit, the laying on of hands, the promise to be faithful even to the point of death. All of these things seem to go so well on this particular day. But then at the same time, you don't really get a chance to celebrate Pentecost. Not the full-blown Pentecost like we did at the 8 o'clock service today. We, here for the last several years have incorporated confirmation into the Easter Vigil, and it's perfect. But this year, there's a lot of things that just aren't perfect. The way the school year ended, the way the NBA, NHL, college basketball, college baseball, the way all those things ended, far less than perfect. I'm a Washington Nationals baseball fan. I couldn't wait for the season to start so we could repeat 
and be world champions once again. Well, we're still world champions even though we haven't played a game. Much to the chagrin of the Atlanta Braves fans in town. Things are not perfect this year. The school year and even confirmation class. I can hear it already next year. It's not fair, Pastor. Last year's class didn't all have to do their 25 confirmation essays. It's not fair, Pastor. Some of the class last year didn't have to stand up and orally present their confirmation essay to the congregation. Some of you did. Some of you didn't. Now, if you really want to, we'll make time this summer or this fall so you don't feel left out. But as I have told several parents, this year, grace abounds. Grace abounds. I've had most of you for the better part of four years. I know you pretty well. I had a pretty good idea how much I'm going to see you after today. That's 30-some years of experience, too. Today's a big day. And for some people, it's kind of like graduation day. Parents and grandparents, oh, I got them through. And here we are on this wonderful day in a strange year when I saw so many of you faces that I really haven't seen since early March. I could barely hold back the tears. I'm so thankful that you are here today. I'm so thankful that we could have this day. Yeah, it's different. But we're here together. In the name of the one thing that truly holds us together. Jesus Christ. Pentecost is an Old Testament festival. Pentecost has been celebrated for thousands of years. Way before the events of Acts chapter 2. That's what made it pretty cool because all the people were in Jerusalem to celebrate Pentecost. Probably the, the closest thing that we have to that Old Testament Pentecost celebration would be our National Day of Thanksgiving was a harvest festival. The harvest had just been done. Everybody was celebrating. Everybody was rich. Everybody wanted to thank God for the harvest. And so they went to Jerusalem to do just that. That's how we get all of these names of these different people groups. Vickery did a good job today pronouncing them all. All of these people from all over 
people that had been driven away and people that had just scattered, they all came back home. They all came to church to celebrate the big days, the big festivals. So here they are for Pentecost. But this would be a Pentecost that would change all Pentecost. Most of us live in Nebraska or have been in Nebraska for a significant portion of time. About this time of the year when we don't really harvest anything, oh, maybe some loose leaf lettuce or some radishes or early peas. Oh, can't forget about rhubarb. This isn't really a harvest time for us, is it? What time of the year is it? Tornado time. If you have ever been near a tornado, you know the sound. The sound like a freight train. The sound like we have here in Acts 2, like a rushing wind. If you've ever lived by an airport, like we did for a short time when we lived in St. Louis, there are times when the wind is just right, the sound from the airplanes will almost knock you out of your chair. That's the kind of noise that we're talking about on this particular Pentecost. The noise saved no one. But it got everybody's attention. It sure did. And once everybody's attention was had because of the loud noise, they heard something else. They heard voices. Have you ever been in a foreign country and you didn't really know the language and then all of a sudden somebody starts speaking English? You know that feeling? Oh, oh! You could be the most hated enemy. You could be a, like, Colorado versus Nebraska fan. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You have that language in common. You seek it out. You want to talk. You want to communicate. This is what's going on. I've had this situation happen to me many times, visiting relatives down south. You know, where they talk, down south. And all of a sudden, you hear somebody talking, I would say normal, but like they're from Nebraska or Kansas or South Dakota. And your ears perk up. You immediately have something in common. This is what happens on that first Pentecost. The disciples, who are just regular people, fishermen, tax collectors, they're regular people, all of a sudden, they are able to speak in languages they had never studied. Can you imagine that? Waking up tomorrow and you can speak fluent Swahili? Waking up tomorrow and you can speak fluent Russian? It's a miracle! The fact that the disciples could speak in various tongues saved no one. It was what they spoke. 
In our first lesson, we heard that the languages were confused at the Tower of Babel. People were trying to work their way to God and God would have nothing of it. He confuses them. He disperses them. He mixes up their language. Now, Babel is reversed because the apostles spoke one message. Various languages, but one message. Jesus. Jesus crucified and risen for the life of the world. Jesus. The author and perfecter of life. Jesus. The Prince of Peace, Jesus, risen from the dead, never to die again. Psalm 68 gives us a preview of these miraculous Pentecost events. The Spirit of the Lord fills the world. What? The Spirit of the Lord fills the world? How is that possible? It was only 10 days ago when we gathered here on a Wednesday night and celebrated the ascension of our Lord. Jesus, physically, bodily, ascending into heaven 40 days after his resurrection. For 40 days he gave many convincing eyewitness proofs that he really was alive, risen from the dead. And then on that 40th day, he ascended into heaven. Ephesians teaches us that Jesus ascends into heaven, sits at the right hand of God, and then fills all things with his presence. He's not stuck at the right hand of God. It's a position of power. But he fills all things with his power and his presence. Lord, do we have a contradiction here? The Spirit of the Lord fills the world? No! The Spirit of the Lord fills the world as Jesus is proclaimed throughout the world. As the perfect life, obedient death, and glorious resurrection of Jesus is taught, learned, sung, preached, believed. The Spirit goes throughout the world. The Spirit is a Johnny or Susie one note. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Your only hope, your only peace, your only forgiveness, your only salvation. In turn, what do the people of God do? They celebrate. The righteous shall be glad. You are righteous not because you're such a good person or because you're a righteous dude. No, you are righteous because you have been declared righteous, forgiven, redeemed by the bloody death and glorious resurrection of Jesus. That happened at your baptism where God wrapped you with the robe of righteousness. Being righteous now in God's sight we sing, we shout, we are jubilant with joy. Why? God shall arise. His enemies shall be scattered. It's an amazing line in God's word, this verse from Psalm 68. 
God shall arise. His enemies shall be scattered. In one sense, it's kind of like God's on the scene. You better run if you're not on his side. God is here. You know, it's kind of like when kids are naughty and then mom or dad or grandma or grandpa show up. You don't want to get caught. We've seen some of that the last few days in the news, haven't we? Where people are wantonly breaking the law. And the police or the National Guard show up. Not everybody, but most everybody scatters. God's on the scene. His enemies scatter. How is God on the scene? God's love for you, for all of humanity, is so great that he sends his son into the world to conquer sin, death, and the devil. To conquer hate, racism, injustice, brutality, murder, destruction of property, disrespect of authority, all sin for all people, for all time. Jesus, God in the flesh, is on the scene. He takes on flesh and blood to do what we can't do. He lives a perfect life fulfilling the Ten Commandments. He didn't sin, he didn't have to die, but he freely and willingly goes to Calvary's cross, paying for the sins of the world. You know what that means? If he pays for the sins of the world, that means he paid for your sin. He died for you. Sin, death, and the grave could not hold the sinless Jesus. Three days later, he who was dead is alive, never to die again. God promises that everyone who clings to Jesus in faith has exactly what Jesus has earned. The forgiveness of sins and life everlasting. Good Friday and Easter, even though we didn't get to celebrate them in the normal way this year, Good Friday and Easter are delivered to you in the baptismal font. God has arrived. Jesus God in the flesh. Jesus being lifted up on Calvary's cross. Jesus rising from the dead three days later. Jesus rising into heaven at his ascension. And Jesus who promises that on the last day, when time has been perfectly fulfilled, he will be on the scene again. Heaven and earth as we know it will pass away. All the dead bodies will rise. And in our flesh, we will see Jesus. My friends, this is God's great gift. This is our hope. We sing, we praise. The Lord gives the word. Behold, he sends out his voice, his mighty voice. 
That word goes out. For the last 75 days or so, we've been curtailed in how we could get that word out. Nobody in their right mind thought that a pandemic could bring the world to its knees in 2020. This isn't the 14th century. When we worship our science, when we worship our reason, when we think we are infallible, God in His great love humbles us. Even though things have been different, the word of the, God, the, word of the Lord has gone forth. Radio, internet, we had to learn YouTube really quick. It was a great novelty for a while. But just like any other novelty, for most people it kind of gets old. Recent studies have shown that less than 40% of regular churchgoers are still watching the YouTube church. They're just too busy. My friends, the Lord gives His Word. He sends out His mighty voice. Awesome is God from His sanctuary. God creates the church. He calls gathers and enlightens the church by the power and work of the Holy Spirit. He brings us together as one flesh. Right now, we are a social distance, distancing one flesh. But that won't last forever. My friends, God brings us together into the fellowship of the church. When we cut ourselves off, from the assembly of God's house, we always get ourselves in trouble. We go off on our own way. We stumble and fall. We forget about God. I've been doing this pastor thing for a long time. Some of my greatest joys have been in confirmation class. Oh yeah, there have been a few challenges too, but I mostly remember the joys. I hate to walk down the hallway between my office and Pastor Moline's office. It hurts. It hurts. But it's not about my feelings, it hurts because someone, at least temporarily, has cut themselves off from the Word of God, has cut themselves off from the means of grace, has cut themselves off from the life-giving, life-changing gospel of Jesus Christ. Each one of us has lots of choices we make every day. Going to get out of bed, 
going to go to work, going to go to church, going to wear a mask, going to wash your hands. We have all kinds of choices. That's life. That's life. Confirmant, remember who you are. You are a baptized child of God. God has given you new life in him. Today, you have an opportunity to stand up between your family, before your family and friends, before the congregation, literally on YouTube and the internet, literally before the whole world, and say, I really believe this stuff. I pray that your confession today is sincere. Most importantly, I pray that God would create in you a hunger and a thirst and a desire to hear the word of God, to feast on Christ's body and blood, to be who you are in Christ Jesus, forgiven, redeemed, and restored. And you know, that message isn't just for our 11 confirmads. It's for all of us. Today is a harvest festival. The Holy Spirit, by the power of the Word, is harvesting souls. as the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, and enlightens the whole Christian church on earth. Today, celebrate with me. Exult before God. Be jubilant with joy. I don't even know what that means. Have so much joy that you're full of joy and always full of joy and jubilant. There's only one thing that can do that. That's the good news of Jesus for you. May God bless you and keep you in your baptism, in your confession of faith, in Jesus, today and always. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, Keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our confession in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.